CR101radio.com, podcasts, and more. Welcome back to Preschool Pioneers. I'm your host, Jeremy Walker. You can follow us on our parent network, CR101 Radio, on social media, such as Facebook, Twitter, MeWe, Gab, YouTube, and Liberty News Radio. You can subscribe to this podcast on your preferred platform so that you never miss an episode. Visit cr101radio.com forward slash Preschool Pioneers for these links. So let's go ahead and get started on this episode, which is entitled R is for Reproduction, the Right and Wrong Way to Teach Children About Sexuality. Well, my name is Jeremy Walker, as I already previously mentioned. I am a Christian minister. I am a husband, a father of 11, and now a grandfather of one just a couple weeks ago. Very nice to be grandfather. And, of course, I have been involved with early Christian education for over 20-plus years. So this entire podcast is devoted to talk about why Christians should become teachers. So, let's talk about that a little bit. Christians should become teachers because sexuality is a very normal and natural part of humanity. But there are some very right and very wrong ways to teach about it. And that's why Christians are needed. Well, let's go ahead and get started, guys. R is for reproduction. There are a lot of people with a lot of different ideas about this. Really, pretty much as many as there are people, there are ideas. But not all ideas are equal. Not even close. To get us started on some right and wrong ways, we first have to have the right foundation. I mean, what is right? What is wrong? I mean, we can't go through and scientifically point out what is right and wrong. Unless, of course, you're going to be talking about what we can see, hear, touch, and taste. Now, in the event of uh, the concept of our biology our reproductive organs. Well, this is something that's very easy for us to be able to discuss. See, it is something that we can we can know is true or we can know is false. It's very simple. Uh, whenever you look at mankind, you can clearly state and see scientifically that mankind is separated into two things. As they call it, we are binary. We have male and female. Well, this was without dispute, for the longest of times. And, of course, as we already know, this corresponds with everything that God has told us in his word and what us as Christian teachers and parents are going to teach to our children. This is the boys' line. This is the girls' line. All the boys stand up. All the girls stand up. Let's make a line. Let's go in here. All the boys are going to go to the bathroom. All the girls are going to go to the bathroom. Whatever it is. Children need to know what they are, and uh, we can classify them. And one of the most simple classifications that mankind is split into is male and female. But you would think that it wasn't 
a complicated subject, but it is. It, it very much is. And so when I started by saying what is true and what is false, well, right and wrong, people now have come to the idea and the conclusion that the idea that mankind is split into male and female is wrong. It's not, it's not correct at all. They have now tried to bring in new, radical, psychotic ideologies where they're separating man's body from his internal self. Uh, some of them might even go so far as to say his soul, his spirit. But they don't believe in a soul or spirit because they believe that we're nothing but animals. But to hold to this ideology, they do have to bring in the concept of a, du a duality in man. So you can separate his body and his inner self or his soul. Now, they don't hold to the soul as we do as Christians, though we do hold to the idea that that is true. That is 100% true. Mankind was created a living soul. When man dies, his body dies, but his soul or his essence, who he is, does not. And in the resurrection, God tells us, we will be getting a new body, one that does not die. And so mankind is split, in a way, between body and soul. But unlike our radical ideological friends, we do not believe that there is warfare going on between these two things. Mankind, if he is male or female, is in essence one, both in body and soul. And so when you talk about sexuality, this is highly contentious right now, and I'll be glad when it falls by the wayside as a radical ideology from sick-minded people. And I just can't wait for it to be over, because we all know that it's ridiculous. But they have been playing the game for a long time. But now, it seems the world is done with it. And I'm glad. I'm very glad. But, as Christians, when you're teaching about sexuality and reproduction, it does start with male and female. Very clear truths. And there are different types of men with different personality types, and the same goes for women. Uh, there are certain men who might have what we might consider female characteristics, both physically and or with their emotions or their personalities, but they're still men. And same with women. They're going to share very, uh, some of them, close similarities with men. But they're not men. And men aren't women. So this is a very simple truth. That we as Christians and parents are supposed to teach to our children. And there is a right and wrong way to do it. In our schools today, they are being taught the wrong way. At no point in time, at no point in time, should you ever allow somebody to tell this to your children or to teach these new ideologies without contention? Now, I do think it's a good idea for them to know them. I think it's a very bad idea, a very bad idea, not to let your children know what's going on. Now, I don't think that it's something, because we just did an episode called Questions, I don't think it's something that you need to bring up that's not already being brought up. I had a boy who was at my school, and this really disheartened me. He was at my school, it was the end of the day, and we're all about to go home, and his parents are about to pick him up. And he comes up to me, and he says, Reverend Jeremy, he says, I have a question. 
I said, okay. I said, what's your question, buddy? He says, is it true? Is it true that you can go to the hospital and uh, if you're a boy, you can become a girl? I said, no, it's not. I said, boys are boys and girls are girls. You can go to the hospital for lots of different reasons, a broken arm and whatnot. But when you leave, if you came in a boy, you're leaving a boy. And the same as a girl. And then the conversation was kind of over. But then it occurred to me that the boy was very concerned. Because as I found out, the boy was going to be going to the doctor's. He had a doctor's appointment the following week. And apparently the boy was highly, highly concerned that he was going to go to the doctor's and he was going to walk in as a boy and he was going to walk out for somehow and he might, you know, for some procedure or for some accident, maybe he might come out a girl. And he was highly concerned about this and deeply disturbed. And for me, it, it disturbed me because this is creating a sickness in the minds of children. This kind of idea about reproduction and that men and women are not a stable and definitive thing, a concrete thing. This is male. This is female. They also have been, with these ideologies, talking about other things, and they promote the idea of sex education very early in children. And you might ask yourself, well, how early, Jeremy? How early could it possibly be? How early could they possibly be uh, talking about and introducing children to sex? And I said, okay, well, let's see. Let me pull out a question because I was going to answer it on this podcast. Well, just so happened this week, we ordered some new materials for our school. And one of the things we ordered were baby dolls. We have young children. Baby dolls is one of the things that they like to play with and dress and talk to and pat on the back and act like they're making the little child go to sleep like nap time and all kinds of other things that children do with, with baby dolls. Well, when we took them out, it kind of struck me by surprise because as we pulled them out, it was obvious that there was something different about these dolls. Okay? They're multicultural, so you had your black, your white, your Asian, your everythings. Uh, but that wasn't the weird part um, because that's all normal. The weird part was is that when we uh, started pulling the dolls out, you noticed that there was something different under the underwear that was or the diaper that was on the doll. And so we, we removed it to see what, what is this. And come to find out, these dolls were deliberately created to have anatomically correct genitalia underneath their diapers. Let me say that again. Anatomically correct baby dolls. So this means that the ones that were supposed to be the boy baby dolls had male genitalia, male infant genitalia, fully structured, fully created, and molded, and was there on the doll itself. Everything about the infant uh, baby penis was right there. Then we were like, what in the world? So we pull out the next one, was supposed to be the girl doll, and sure enough, here it is, uh, remove the diaper, and there it is. There is female infant genitalia molded and structured and created on this doll to look lifelike, made to look lifelike. 
And I want to reiterate that because that's how disturbing it was to realize that this was there. And so immediately I said, no, 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 no. We are not putting this in a classroom with young children. My wife and I were appalled. We had purchased three boxes of these. There's quite a few of them. And there's no way we are going to use them. So we're sending them back and we're going to try to find something that is more age appropriate. Now you have to ask yourself, well, why would this be problematic? Jeremy, why would giving anatomically correct genitalia on dolls to children be shocking and surprising? Well, the reason is you don't understand what goes behind these types of things. You just don't get it. See, when you give children things that are inquisitive minds, you make them think about things before it's time. Here, for me, if you give these types of dolls to children, it's going to make them promote them to want to think about genitalia. Not, is that a boy or that's a girl? Because they know that. That's a boy that's a girl. They know by looking at each other if they're boys or girls. So the boys know who the boys are, and the girls know who the girls are. You don't need to look at each other's genitalia to know this. So then why put it on baby dolls? Now, for me, and I know these agendas, because I've researched this stuff all the time, plus you see what they're doing, I think this is personally perverted, absolutely perverted, and a deliberate a way to try to pervert the minds of young children. Why put this on baby dolls other than to allow them to see the genitalia of others? And not just that, but to play with it. To touch to touch the genitalias of little baby boys and to touch the genitalia of little baby girls. There is no reason to have this on baby dolls except to have children be inquisitive and to play with it to touch it, to look at it, to want to talk about it. This, to me, is a sadistic form of grooming where they are desensitizing children. This is not education. This is not about reproduction. This is not teaching about your body. To me, this is sadistic and disgusting and perverted. Now, whenever you put these types of thoughts into children's minds, get them to start playing with them and touching them, the next thing is they're going to want other people to look at them, meaning they're going to want to look at other people as well. Well, does the boy over there, does his genitalia look like this, like mine maybe? And they're going to want to look and touch the other person, boys and girls. And see, this right here, though sexuality is a normal part, inquisitiveness is very normal in children, it's not something that we promote. However, did you know did you know that state education now does not consider children touching children to be problematic? Did you know that? The state training that people get now, they are told through these psychologists and all these quote-unquote specialist people in the field of development that children who touch each other should not be in trouble or punished. No negative consequences at all. You should not even tell them not to do it. This is the perversion that I'm talking about. So whenever I see anatomically, fully anatomically correct baby dolls given to children, this to me is sadistic grooming put into practice. And so this is something that parents need to be aware of. This stuff is going on, and they will. 
This opens up for people to start talking to young children about their genitalia. Why should a teacher be talking to a child? This is somebody you hire potentially to watch your child, babysit in some ways, educate. But they're going to sit down potentially with these dolls. And when the questions come up and the child sits down and says, well, what's this? They're going to then start, and they're trained to actually, people are trained to do this, to then start talking in-depthly about sexuality and, of course, about reproduction with young, young, young children. Going over and talking about the testes and the penis and the vagina and going through all the little different parts and start talking to them about them. Now, this right here, if you agree with it, in my opinion, of having strangers, I don't care if you call them teacher or not, they are strangers talking to your child about in-depth sexual subjects. Now, I can't agree with you, not even a little bit. I find this to be perverted and created in the minds of people who are perverted. But this is what's going on. They are doing this in schools daily. Now, us as Christians and us as parents, we don't shy away from the idea of sexuality. But there is a certain thing called perverting the minds of the youth. It used to be called corrupting the morals of the youth. That's right, corrupting the morals of the youth. And one of the things that used to be considered corrupting the morals of youth would be people having inappropriate conversations with them about sexuality. It would also be one of the bigger ways was showing them pornography or, of course, uh, trying to have sexual contact with young children. But this was a crime to do these things, to try to groom children in these ways. And now, of course, it's considered education, not perversion. It's no longer criminalized. It's promoted. When you have, when you have drag queens dancing half naked, if not fully naked, when you can have parades in major downtown areas and cities where there's a parade of naked men with their genitalia hanging out, wearing all kinds of disgusting, disgusting displays, and there's children at these functions being given candy. On top of that, I saw where they were in a bar dancing like strippers for little children who are sitting at the bar and everything and everybody's supposed to be okay with this. Discussing sexuality and leading into the concepts of reproduction. These are all the wrong ways that people are perverting the morals of our youth. And nobody says anything. You're afraid that you're going to be considered a hater. Well, yes, we do hate certain things. You should hate perversion. You should hate corruption. You should hate that somebody targets children and tries to manipulate you and make you feel bad because you're standing up for them. No, you're pathetic. You refuse to protect the most vulnerable. You're a teacher that doesn't teach. You're a parent that doesn't protect. What are you? Who are you? See, these subjects are intensely personal. Intensely personal. I have 11 children myself. And as I said before, about schools and education in particular. If you can put up with everything that happens in the schools that are going on today and be like, well, it's okay, what is it that they would have to do to upset you? 
If you can just sit back and let them do everything they're already doing, teaching to your children already, and you don't get upset about it, you just let it happen, at what point do you stop and say, you're not going to teach that to my kids? They've already gone so far now. In the case of reproduction and sexuality, saying out loud and open that not only girls can have periods. That's right, not only girls menstruate. That means boys can menstruate too. Boys can menstruate because that means they can get pregnant. They're teaching children and adults that the idea of the binary between male and female does not exist. Boys can have the same anatomy and physiology as girls do. Many women can have the same physiology. No, they can't. You are crazy. You are psychotic. You are a liar. These things are false. It's not hard for us to stand up for the truth. But as teachers and as parents, it should be as simple as me talking to the child at the school when he had an honest question and a fear that he might go to the hospital and leave a different sex than when he came in. It should be as simple to give a straight answer, yes and no. Can boys menstruate? No. Can boys have babies? No. They can't. Or can only girls do this? Yes. It's very clear. That is the case. But there is a time to answer questions, and there's a time not to. The vast majority of what we consider to be sex education now is inappropriate for children. They go in-depth, and they bring up images and thoughts in their head that shouldn't be there until they're ready for it. As a person naturally grows, they become naturally and normally inquisitive about certain subjects, and they do need to be educated. But I'll tell you this much. The person that should be doing the education is the parents. Your job and the family, your job is to teach children about these subjects. Why? Because it's your job to teach on all subjects. And this is the most fundamental concepts about who we are and, of course, how we develop. These are all normal concepts. I promote that all parents, when it's appropriate and when the time comes, and you'll know, there'll be interest in certain subjects of a sexual reproductive nature, children will ask, don't shy away. Don't be embarrassed by such subjects. They should be able to come to you with any questions that they have. This is a very important subject, and God gives us answers to all of it. God, if you look in the Bible, does not shy away at all about giving us an, a sexual education. Very much so. It's a very, very deeply intuitive book that explains everything that you need to know that's important, the right things and the wrong things. And the parents should be the ones to explain this to them. Because if you don't, your enemies most certainly are. And they're going to give what's false to people, including about pregnancy, including about sexuality and how it's supposed to be utilized within marriage, and how, of course, birth happens. These types of educations need to be given because it's about life. And life cannot be separated from the Word of God. As parents and as Christian teachers, it is our job to teach. But me, my job as a Christian teacher in my school is not to go in-depth in teaching people about genitalia. That is not my job. My job is to teach what God says about sexuality. In other words, 
It's okay for a boy to like a girl and a girl to like a boy, but in order to start a family, to start having children, marriage needs to happen first. And then, of course, after they are married and they start to have children, it is a promoted thing. Promoted thing to have children. It's a good thing. Christians should promote reproduction. Highly promoted within marriage. And then, of course, the fidelity that goes along with that as well. God calls us not only to marriage and to have children and to reproduce, but the fidelity that comes with it, taking care of our children, taking care of our parents. See, everything that you need is in the Word of God to teach children about sexuality and reproduction. But as Christian teachers, we are limited in what subjects we necessarily go over because some of it's just not our place to teach about every subject out there, especially in depth. But parents, you should, when the need arises. But to combat otherwise, we're going to have to get out there and stand against perversions. Not just for the good stuff, we also have to stand against the bad stuff. There is a spiritual war going on. The question is, is which side are you supporting? Which side are you going to help? That's really the only question that we ever have to ask ourselves. But this is Jeremy Walker. Thank you for tuning in today on Preschool Pioneers. If you want more of these episodes, you can go to our website at cr101radio.com forward slash preschool pioneers. For more, we encourage you not just to talk about things only. We want you to get out there and get involved. Take care of your family and see what you can do about helping your community. Thank you and God bless.